When I was younger, I remember constantly going to my mom about a, a particular memory that I had. Uh, not one particular memory, but uh, all the time I would keep thinking of all these different things that I, that I remember, uh, probably when I was around in middle school, things that I remember back when I was three, four, five years old. And I remember taking all these memories that I had, all these stories that, that I thought of, that I, I believed to be real, and, and I would go to my mom and I would say, hey mom, do you remember when, when I did this? Do you remember? And I would tell her this whole story, this whole memory that I had uh, in, in my brain. So I would tell her this entire memory, and I would tell her all these little details about all of this, and most of the time, my mom's response was, no, Connor, I don't remember that at all. Uh, and so often I would, I would do that. I, I would think back to all these different memories that I had, and I would try to remember as much of it as I could, and I would present them and see, uh, see if my mom remembered these same memories, see if she had an understanding of, of the same things that I did, thinking about the past. And what I want you to do right now I know up here it says forget the past, but what I want you to do right now is, is think back as far as you can. I want you to think through uh, all of those memories that are just right there stored up in your brain. I'm not talking about the, the short-term memory, the things that you're thinking of, the things that you need to do, anything like that. I'm talking about these things back in your past. I want you to think back to the past. Uh, think back to your, your earliest memories some of your more prominent memories that, that you can recall. And I'm sure as you're going through and thinking back through these memories, I'm sure there are some good and there are some bad. I did this earlier as I was, as I was coming up with this lesson. I decided to do exactly what I told you to do. And I took a few minutes to think back through these memories that that I can't seem to get out of my head uh, as I've continued to grow up. I can remember a, a lot of great things. I can remember the day that, that my little brother was born. I can remember the day that, that I was baptized and became a part of the church. I remember a lot of different birthdays that, that I had or very awesome birthdays that some of my friends had. Um, I can remember a lot of specific times, very memorable, very... Uh, happy times with, with friends. I can remember the, the graduations that I've had uh, and all of the big moments in my life that have led up to where I am now. But I also think about some other things, other things that I can't seem to forget about. Uh, I think about uh, a time when I handled a, a situation when I was younger in, in anger, uh, when I failed to do the right thing and, and handled something the way that I shouldn't. Um, I can think about this one time when I chose to purposefully embarrass another person. Uh, when I had just the, the worst intentions and, and carried those things out. I can think about the times when I caused divisions between my friends. When I chose to bring up things that I knew would do nothing but cause harm. I can also think of things like the time that I 
uh, heard the news of, of a death of a close friend of mine. And I can also remember the time when, when my family, or when my mother told me that, that my family wasn't going to be the same. That we were going to, to live separately. I remember a lot of these different memories as, as I think back. And again, a lot of them are good. A lot of them, maybe not so great. And I'm sure as, as we're going through this, and, and as you go through this as well, I'm sure that it's kind of the same for you. Not that you have these same memories that I do, but that they have this same effect on you. That you have these good memories that you think through, that you remember, and, and some that are bad. And sometimes, uh, it's very hard to, to let these memories go. It's very difficult to let things go. It's hard to think back on these memories, some of these things that, that we might have done in the past, and to move on from them and, and forget about them. It's hard to let the past go and move on from our mistakes. If you will, go ahead and turn to Joshua chapter 2. Joshua chapter 2. We're going to go ahead and read the, four, the first 14 verses of Joshua chapter 2. Beginning in verse 1, it says, And Joshua the son of Nun sent two, two men secretly from Shittim as spies, saying, Go, view the land, especially Jericho. And they went and came into the house of a prostitute, whose name was Rahab, and lodged there. And it was told to the king of Jericho, Behold, men of Israel have come here tonight to search out the land. Then the king of Jericho sent to Rahab, saying, Bring out the men who have come to you, who entered your house, for they have come to search out all the land. But the woman had taken the two men and hidden them. And she said, True, the men came to me, but I did not know where they were from. And when the gate was about to be closed at dark, the men went out. I do not know where the men went. Pursue them quickly, for you will overtake them. But she had brought them up to the roof and hid them with the stalks of flax that she had laid in order on the roof. So the men pursued after them on the way to the Jordan as far as the fords, and the gate was shut as soon as the pursuers had gone out. Before the men lay down, she came up to them on the roof and said to the men, I know that the Lord has given you the land, and that the fear of you has fallen upon us, and that all the inhabitants of the land melt away before you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea before you when you came out of Egypt, and what you did to the two kings of the Amorites who were beyond the Jordan, to Sihon and Og, whom you devoted to destruction. And as soon as we heard it, our hearts melted, for there was no spirit left in any man because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in the heavens above and on the earth beneath. Now then, please swear to me, by the Lord that, as I have dealt kindly with you, you will also deal kindly with my father's house and give me a sure sign that you will save alive my father and mother, my brothers and sisters and all who belong to them and deliver our lives from death. And the men said to her, Our life for yours even to death. If you do not tell this business of ours, 
then when the Lord gives us the land, we will deal kindly and faithfully with you. Now, in Joshua chapter 2, we, of course, learn of uh, a woman named Rahab. A woman named Rahab. And in this passage, we learn a lot about her past and her present. We see a lot about her past and her present. And a lot of times when we read about Rahab, we choose to focus on her past. And we see at this point in time, uh, she is uh, basically introduced to us as, as a prostitute. As someone who has an occupation that's uh, not really something uh, to brag about. It's something that's really to be frowned upon. And a lot of times we, we look at this and, and we focus on her past. We focus on uh, who she was and the things that she had done. And of course, this is how the scripture identifies it, so we don't necessarily need to completely ignore it, but this is who she was. And so when we first see her, we, we just focus on, on that. We focus on that one characteristic about her. We choose to focus on her past. But Rahab, as we look at this passage, we realize that she's not focused on the past. Um, Rahab is focused on the present. She chooses to focus on the present. And in this we see what, uh, we realize that she's focused on what she can do to help the Lord and to help his people. We see the, the faith that she has in the Lord. The faith that she has in, in His power. And her belief that, that He is going to do exactly what needs to be done. And so here, not only do we see her proclaim this, but we see her act upon that by, by working with those who are uh, working for the Lord and, and hiding them uh, and making sure that they stay safe during this time. You see, she is focused on the present. Rahab's focused on the present. She knows what her past consists of. But she still understands that, that she can do something in the present. That she can still follow the Lord. And that's exactly what she does. So sometimes we focus on the past and, and Rahab was focused on the present. But the Lord was focused on her future. The Lord was focused on her future. You see, he was going to use her for something great. And the, her past didn't make her not good enough. He could have chosen to look into her past and seen what, what she had done, the, the life she had lived, the, the occupation that she had, and from that could have said, you know, she's not good enough to serve me. She's not good enough to do the things that I need her to do. But he didn't. The Lord was focused on her future. And he knew that she had great use. And so in this passage we see exactly what Rahab does for the Lord. I think that too frequently, when we look at the Bible, and when we think through the Bible... We act as though the Bible begins in Genesis chapter 3. Now, what, what do I mean when, when I say that 
that we think that the Bible begins with Genesis chapter 3? How, how can we live like the Bible begins in Genesis chapter 3? I think a lot of times when we look at the world, when we look at what this world is, we look at sin. And of course, yes, it, it exists. Sin is uh, throughout the world. But I think a lot of times we, we look at the world as if it has sin all the way to its core. It's just a place completely created out of sin. That This world is a hopeless and sinful place. And when we have that mentality, a lot of times we, we kind of think, okay, so what we need to do while we live in this world is to kind of keep our head low and walk quickly and, and make sure that we retreat to the places that, that we need to go. Get from point A to point B as quickly and quietly as possible. And when we have this mentality, when we have this, uh, have this thought that, that the world is just consumed with sin, I think when we do that, we skip Genesis 1 and 2. We skip the first two chapters of Genesis. And what is it exactly that's in these first two chapters? Well, it's creation. It is the world being created by God, uh, a world that is, that is good, a world that is without sin. And of course, we see this, this creation of the world and we see the beginning of man. We see man be created in his image. We see how the world had once been in the beginning without sin. And I don't think that, I don't think that God wanted us to look at the world as a hopeless place full of sin. I don't think God wanted to, us to look at the world as if it began in Genesis chapter 3 with sin. I think that He wants us to look at it as if it were in the beginning a place that was, was perfect. A place that He created for us. And yes, sin did enter this world. But rather than focusing so much on the past of, of how that sin started to, to spread and, and become something that became a problem for every man, I think he wanted us to focus on what the world was in the very beginning. And I think that he wants us to do all that we can for him. Rather than having this mentality of getting from point A to point B quickly and quietly and, and, and keeping our head down and just hiding from the sin within the world. I think He wants us to try and do what we can to create a world and make a world that lives for Him. And you might be thinking, it's, it's going to be impossible to make every single person flee from sin. And yeah, that sounds like a, a very difficult and daunting task. But if we live our lives in a way that we believe that we can change everything and we can overcome sin, we can help other people, we can help the world overcome sin, much more will get done than if we act like the world began in Genesis chapter 3. 
Much more will get done if, if we believe that we can help other people, that we can restore what once was in the beginning. If you will, go ahead and turn to Joshua chapter 6. Joshua chapter 6. A little while after what we have previously read uh, that took place with Rahab, uh, the men have then been uh, marching around Jericho. And we see the, the end of this, and we also see uh, what happens with, with Rahab and with her family. In Joshua chapter 6, beginning with verse 16. Chapter 6, verse 16. says, And at the seventh time, when the priests had blown the trumpets, Joshua said to the people, Shout, for the Lord has given you the city. And the city and all that is within it shall be devoted to the Lord for destruction. Only Rahab the prostitute and all who are with her in the house shall live because she hid the messengers whom we sent. Now I want to uh, continue on down to verse 20. And verse 20 says, So the people shouted and the trumpets were blown. And as soon as the people heard the sound of the trumpet, the people shouted a great shout, and the wall fell down flat, so that the people went up into the city, every man straight before him, and they captured the city. Let's go to verse 22. But the two men who had spied out the land, Joshua said, go into the prostitute's house and bring out from there the woman and all who belonged to her as you swore to her. So the young men who had been spies went in and brought out Rahab and her father and mother and brothers and all who belonged to her. And they brought all her relatives and put them outside the camp of Israel. And they burned the city with fire and everything in it, only the silver and gold and the vessels of bronze and of iron they put into the treasury of the house of the Lord. But Rahab the prostitute and her father's household and all who belonged to her, Joshua saved alive. And she has lived in Israel to this day because she hid the messengers whom Joshua sent to spy out Jericho. Now again... When we see the life of Rahab, especially when we focus on, on the past, uh, we know that Rahab lived a life that was not commendable. She, she lived in a way that, uh, of course, should not be taken lightly. But again, that was her past. And God cho- chose not to focus on her past but he focused on her faith and he focused on her future. And because of this, God chose to use her in a way that, that showed the importance of her life. And if you will, turn to Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1. And here in Matthew chapter 1, This particular gospel begins with the genealogy of Christ. It begins with the genealogy of Christ. And I want to focus on just a few verses within that, beginning with verse 4. And just to kind of give you an idea, this is starting off by 
uh, starting off with Abraham. And it's making its way through this genealogy and showing you all the people that were within this. And it kind of continues on uh, as, we get to, as we get to verse 4. And verse 4 says, Ram the father of Amminadab, and Amminadab the father of Nashon, and Nashon the father of Salmon, and Salmon the father of Boaz by Rahab. And Boaz, the father of Obed, by Ruth. And Obed, the father of Jesse. And Jesse, the father of David, the king. Now this continues on and it continues to connect uh, that lineage, uh, that genealogy from David all the way to Jesus, all the way to the Christ. But if you focus on verse 5 right here, we see someone's name that we've been reading previously. And that is Rahab. See, Rahab was the mother of Boaz, who was in turn the father of Obed, who was the father of Jesse, who was the father of David. We see that Rahab was in, uh, found in the genealogy of Christ. We see that this woman who, if we look at her past, could, uh, could really be described as detestable. Somebody that that we would today probably have no, no part with. But if you focus on her present, focus on the future that she had, we see here that, that she had a great purpose. She was one of those that was to carry on the lineage of Christ. And it's not just here but, but all throughout the Bible that we see this, this same idea that continues to, to recur over and over again. And that idea is that it's not about a person's past. It has nothing to do with, with the past life of a person. But instead it's about allowing God to guide the present and the future. It's not about the things that the people have done as they think back and think about those memories that, that they've had in their life. It's not about those things. It's about what they're doing right now and what they plan to do for the rest of their life that matters. And we see this recurring so many people all throughout the Bible. And I want to look at another example of this, which is Paul. Paul is another great example of somebody that was able to put away the past and look toward their present and their future. You see, Paul went from persecuting Christians to being a persecuted Christian. He went from a life that... Uh, he went from a, a terrible, uh, very wrongful, sinful life to a life that, that we would now look at today and admire in terms of the things that he did for Christ. If you will turn to Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3. And this is particularly addressed, the this, this same idea is addressed from Paul to the Philippians. In his letter to the Philippians, he talks about uh, 
this same idea of forgetting the past. Beginning in verse 12 of Philippians chapter 3, it says, Not that I have already obtained this, or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own, because Christ Jesus has made me His own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. What Paul is saying here is that I forget the past. I forget the past. I, I know the things that I've done in the past, but, but I forget those things. I let go of those things. And I focus on the future. I'm focused on what I can do now and what I will continue to do for the Lord. And all of these things, this, this whole mentality, we're capable to have. We're allowed to have that, that same mentality to, to forget the things of the past, to forget those memories that we can't seem to let go and to strive ahead, to focus on our present, focus on today and focus on the things that we can do on our future. And we're able to do those things because of Christ. We can focus on what lies ahead because of what Christ has done for us. So my question to you is, how do you view your life in this world? Do you view your life like you're living in a world that began in Genesis chapter 3? Do you believe that, that sin is really the, the ultimate power in this world that's, that's overcoming uh, or taking uh, taking power over so many things. And so what you're trying to do is, is get by undetected, just trying to make it from point A to point B quietly. Or are you focused on, uh, are you focused on this idea of, of living in Genesis chapter 1, from the beginning? The beginning when things were the way God intended them to be. Are you focused on what you can do in the present and in the future and knowing that God can and will utilize you if you allow Him? Have you managed to forget your past? The memories and the sins and the things that are holding you back? Because the Lord will show you purpose in the present and in the future if you let Him if you choose to forget the past. A lot of times forgetting the past requires repentance. It requires this idea of, of not, just, not just saying that you detest the past, that, you, that the things that you've done previously you don't like, but it requires repenting of them and making a change. It requires believing in who the Lord is. Believing in what He's capable of. Believing in who the Son is in your life. 
It requires confession, both of the, the sins that we've committed and the wrong that we've done. And it requires baptism. Do you need to, to forget your past? Do you need to focus on your present and your future? Do you need to become a part of the Lord's church? And maybe you are a part of the church, but you're so stuck remembering the things of the past. The things that have held you and won't let go. Or the things that you won't let go of. Are you able to let go of the things of the past and focus on your present? If there's anything that we can do for you this morning, we ask you to, uh, to come forward now, uh, whether that be for uh, prayers and encouragement, uh, anything that we can offer you. Uh, I ask that you come forward now as we stand and as we sit.